This is Joyride. In this podcast series, we'll be exploring some of the most iconic cars in history. I, Jared Brandon Flandy, will be taking the driver's seat as your host. Please sit back and enjoy the ride. Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of Joyride. Now, in the last episode, I did hint that the car for this story was going to be Italian. It was going to be built in the 60s as well. But most importantly, it was going to be mid-engined. Well, if you're thinking it's a Ferrari, well, I hate to tell you, it's not the case. If you did guess that it is the Lamborghini Mira, then yes, you are correct. Now, not everyone may agree with me on this, but in my personal opinion... The most beautiful car ever made is the Lamborghini Mira. And not only was it nice to look at, it was also exceptionally innovative for its time. It's even set the standard for the cars of its type to this day. With that said, I think we can start on the story for this episode. So sit back, and here we go. Few cars stir the soul like an Italian thoroughbred. Italy has long been famous for car manufacturers such as Ferrari, Maserati, and Alfa Romeo. These companies have been able to create vehicles that set them apart from the other more conservative car makers of the world. However, there is one Italian manufacturer that has managed to set themselves apart from their own domestic competitors. If you've ever had a poster of a supercar on your wall, there's a good chance it's a Lamborghini. Lamborghini throughout their history has built some of the most innovative, ostentatious, and exciting cars in the automotive industry. Despite the Italian glamour of Lamborghini, the company has very humble beginnings. Ferruccio Lamborghini was the founder of the company. He was the son of a farmer and was born in 1916 outside of Bologna, Italy. Growing up on his father's farm, the young Signor Lamborghini became fascinated with the tractors his father used on the farm. His mechanical skills reached such a prodigious level that he eventually went to a technical college in Italy. When World War II broke out, Lamborghini would serve for the Italian Transportation Division. His abilities would become so well-known he would even serve as a mechanic for the British military as a prisoner of war. When the war came to an end, Lamborghini would return to civilian life by converting military surplus vehicles into tractors. Lamborghini would take this to the next step when he would start building tractors of his own design in 1949. The humble farm boy would eventually become the great tractor magnet of Europe. As a result, Ferruccio Lamborghini would become a very wealthy man and now could indulge in certain hobbies. One of his passions was automobiles and he began buying cars he could only have dreamed of owning not long ago. Lamborghini became a fan of Ferraris in particular. Ferrari was started by the former race driver and manager Enzo Ferrari. After the war, Enzo started building road cars just as a sideline in order to support his beloved racing team. These early road cars were fast and nice to look at, but overall were not very comfortable and even primitive to a certain degree. Ferruccio Lamborghini certainly held this opinion. When driving his Ferrari, he began having trouble operating the clutch, which he felt spoiled the driving experience of such a good car. As the legend goes, Ferruccio contacted the great Enzo requesting if he could make improvements to the clutch of his car. Ferrari was insulted by such a suggestion. Enzo basically told him that he would build the race cars and Ferruccio should stick to building tractors. Lamborghini, to say the least, 
was livid. He returned to his tractor factory fuming. He decided then and there that he would build a better sports car than Ferrari. Lamborghini was born in the year of the Taurus, so the symbol of the company became a raging bull. Overall, this would prove to be one of those situations where two visionaries would have differing opinions about what their chosen creation should represent. Much like how Gates and Jobs in the future would have different ideas about what a personal computer should be, Ferrari and Lamborghini had different philosophies about what a sports car should be. Ferrari thought that high-performance automobiles only belonged on the racetrack and operated by experienced racing drivers only. Lamborghini thought that high-performance cars belonged on the road, so that any gentleman driver who wished to drive with such enthusiasm would finally have the opportunity to do so. The first prototype was the 350 GT. This car and the Lamborghini brand would be introduced at the Turin Auto Show in 1963. The 350 GT would be followed by other models over the next few years, including the 400 GT. But in 1966, arguably one of the most famous Lamborghinis ever made would debut. The Mira holds the honor of not just being a sports car, but is generally considered the world's first supercar. This was because of the groundbreaking innovation and audacity of the car. This youthful approach to its design is likely due to the fact that nearly every person on the development team was under the age of 25. The iconic styling was done by the design house of Bertone. Originally, the great designer, Giugetto Gigiaro, would begin initial work on the Mira. Gigiaro would eventually also design cars such as the Volkswagen Golf and later the DeLorean. However, the Mira's shape would mostly be pinned by another great designer, Marcello Gandini. One of the attributes the young team was most proud of was when both the doors were open, the Mira would appear to have the horns of a bull, just like the company's mascot. The Mira was just not a pretty face, though. What was underneath mattered just as much as what covered it. For example, the car featured a 4-liter V12 engine. Even though this may sound impressive, it was the engine configuration that made the car the legend it is. The engine was transverse-mounted with the transmission behind it. Ironically, such an aggressive car's configuration was inspired by the cheerful Mini Cooper. The placement of the engine is the car's real calling card, however. Race cars with a mid-engine design had been built before, but the Mira was the first road car to be mid-engined. Unlike a Porsche 911 with an engine in the back and behind the axle, the Mira's engine is closer to being in the center of the car and in front of the rear axle. Although this is very impractical for common use, the mid-engine configuration is best suited for performance cars because of the ideal distribution of weight. In 1967, only 111 Miras would be produced. But for a car in this category, this would be considered a success. Like Michelangelo sculpting David, or Leonardo da Vinci painting the Mona Lisa, Lamborghini feels that each one of their cars is a work of art and deserves the best craftsmanship possible. Despite the car's innovations, it did have some design issues. Since the engine was in the middle, the fuel tank was put in the front of the car. The only problem with this was when the tank would start to become empty, the front end would tend to lift at high speeds. The carburetor mechanisms were also known to leak, which would cause flames to come from the engine bay. Despite these issues, it was, and still is, highly desirable. Mirrors have had owners such as Rod Stewart and Frank Sinatra. Despite this success, ultimately the Mira would not have a long production run compared to other cars. The Mira would only be made for six years, ending in 1971, with a total of 760 cars being built. To add to these woes, the founder began to experience a series of financial problems. In the early 70s, the tractor company began to struggle, 
forcing Lamborghini to sell his beloved car factory. He would eventually retire from public life to focus on taking care of his vineyard. He would sell his car business to a pair of Swiss investors, starting a phase of the company to be bought and sold multiple times. Even Chrysler owned Lamborghini at one point. However, the company has enjoyed a period of stability since it has been under the ownership of the Volkswagen Group since 1998. Even though the Mira would not be made for very long, its legacy has lived on. It has set the standard formula required of every supercar to this day. It's hard to imagine any Lamborghini, or a McLaren, or a Lotus supercar for that matter, not to be good-looking or mid-engined. I think it's safe to say that Ferroccio Lamborghini was able to build a better Ferrari than Ferrari. Now, I have to be honest, that's probably, dare I say it, one of my most favorite episodes of the show so far. And part of that is, is that I have a pretty good personal connection with it. My dad's side of the family is Italian, and they're also big in agriculture, so just like uh, Signor Lamborghini, I grew up around tractors and cars at the same time, and I have discovered that there actually is an odd symbiotic relationship between the two that really do help you understand machinery in a lot of ways. So I think that's really why I enjoyed doing this particular episode. But as we're wrapping up on this one now, I have to give you a hint on what we're going to be talking about for the next one. Now, our next car will be a strange combination of both being American and Irish at the same time. It was built during the 1980s, which is a little bit of a switch-up for the show since we've been covering a lot of stuff built in the 60s. And also, it only came in one color alone. In addition for this next episode, I will be having a guest on who is an expert in this particular car, so I'm really looking forward to what he has to say. So once again, I just want to remind everyone, please tell anyone you know who might like this podcast about it. Please share it any way you can so we can keep it going. With that said, that's all I have for you now. So, stay tuned. Thank <laughs> you.